Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for another time that we can sit down and navigate through the text. We pray your blessings upon Cole and I as we, as we study this, and as we, as, we, uh, uh, as we try to understand and help our students to understand. We just pray, Father, your blessings upon us as we do this. Father, thank you for the, for the word, for the power of it, for the ability it has to change people's lives. And I pray, Father, that, uh, that that's happening in our students as we, as we teach them. Bless us, Father. Encourage us. Lift us up. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're in Numbers chapter 16, and uh, man, the, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's a good thing that they've received all these punishments. It's a good thing God has chastised them, because they're, they are on the up and up now. They have heard the message. They have been diligently uh, chastised and diligent in their lessons, and so now they've, they're turning. You would think. Right? I mean... And we can only hope. For goodness sake, I mean, I mean at this point, pretty much... Everybody's rebelled almost. But so it it uh <laughs> you know I mean I got a note written here and it says you know talking about Dothan and uh, I mean Cora he didn't know what God's plan was he didn't care he didn't care that God had a plan that he wasn't privy to mm. you know he didn't God's got plans guys I mean God God's got a plan for your life. Just because you don't know what it is, don't mean you ain't have one. And when we start stepping into places that don't we don't belong, can we step in the middle of God's business? Hey, it's only right he's gonna he's gonna unravel. Right? Well, and it's and you know it's but it's been like that for for the people of God. Well, it's of been course. like this from the beginning. I mean, let's go all the way back to Abram. Let's talk about Abram for a sec. Yeah. God tells Abram, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be, your descendants are gonna be as numerous as mm -hmm. the stars in the sky, mm -hmm. right?" Abram goes. Well, after a while walking with you, God, I know you promised that, but you know, there's I still don't have an heir. Who's my heir? Yeah. And you know, let or he, uh, you know, I don't have an heir. Who's my heir? You know, this this person Eleazar is going to be my heir, and he goes, he's not going to be your heir. Your heir is going to come from you. And so Abram goes, oh, okay, he's going to come from me. So he's talking to Sarah, and Sarah goes, well, if he's going to come from you, take Hagar. Mm -hmm. There you go. That then, hey, we figured it out. God, we put it together. We put these puzzles together. God said it's coming from you. I've got my mistress Hagar. Perfect. What could go wrong? We're dealing with it today. What do you mean? It's it's. We're still dealing with the sin of it. It has always been this way. God says, "Look, in the garden, he he tells Adam and Eve, look, this is what I want you to do. 
Go have lots of sex. Go eat lots of food. Go enjoy yourselves. Mm -hmm. Be fruitful. Multiply. This is the first command. That's exactly what he said. What is wrong with this? You know, I was talking to I was talking to a couple of our deacons about this the other day. You could guess which ones, and we mm -hmm. were, we were laughing about it. It's like, what's wrong with this? Yeah. What's wrong with that plan? Eat and have sex. Eat and have sex. That's I mean, what look, he told him. look, church. Look, we need to get over the stinginess here. Yeah. Okay. We <laughs> yeah. need to get over that. All right. Sex is a gift from our God. That's right. And we need to take it back. Okay. Yeah. Sex is a good thing. Mm -hmm. All right. I don't think I'm speaking he's no. speaking Chinese or Mandarin here. No. So. We need to take this back from the, the crazy people in the world who have totally destroyed the good gift our God has given. Absolutely. And I'm yeah. tired of us being afraid to talk about this subject. Sex is an awesome thing. It's a great thing. It's a gift. And it's meant for one man and one woman, a husband and a wife That's exactly who are right. married. That's, That's the whole point. And mm -hmm. when you do it in that context, it's a wonderful thing, which is why it was God's first command. Yeah. Adam, here's your wife. Eve, go. Be fruitful and multiply. Eat all this great food. Have all this great sex and take over the world mm -hmm. and fill it with life and fill it with order. That was God's plan. One thing. Don't eat the fruit of that yeah, tree over there. But by the way... If you've got a question, you might want to come ask me about it. Don't don't figure it out for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And what and what did the enemy do? The enemy looked at all that and he was a big sourpuss about it. Man, I don't like what God's doing over here with these people. So what am I going to do? Well, well, come here, come here, humans. Let mm -hmm. me uh, let me let me help you. Let me let me convince you to do this thing that God just told you not to do. So what so what did they do? God had an awesome plan in mind. I love the plan. The food literally falls out of the sky, falls from these trees. I'm with my wife. We're having children. We're having families. We are we are creating with God this and awesome And they're order popping life. babies with no pain. There, there's no, there's no sin, well, guys. There's no sin. Well, I, it, remember, the woman's pain is increased in childbirth. Okay, well, let's say she's having pain like a headache. Well, so and that's and that's the you know it's funny. I was talking to uh, talking to uh, talking to Lee, our sound guy, about this. You know, one of the biggest problems for people is the problem mm -hmm. of pain, evil, and suffering. Mm -hmm. And from a medical standpoint, pain isn't a problem; it's a good thing. In fact, there's a there's a genetic condition where you don't feel pain, and it's. People who have it, it's horrible. Yeah. Because you never know when you're hurting your body. Yeah. So we don't like pain because it hurts, but it's it actually. Because you could get an argument function. there that there was nothing to hurt their body. There was nothing going on. So, yeah. So I mean, because it was it was it a really perfect environment. Yeah. It was like heaven on earth, and that's what it was. That's what it was. That's absolutely what it was. And you're if, and if right. I go to heaven, I don't want there to be any pain. I peace. Okay. So we'll so we'll <laughs> set that we'll, aside. We'll set that, we'll set that aside. aside. Okay. But uh, here it is. God has this awesome plan, and the point we're mucking with it. Mm -hmm. We're mucking with it. Yep. And here they are again. God has this awesome plan. Yeah. I'm going to give you this land. I'm mm -hmm. going to give it to you. The people, the inhabitants of the land, the people who live there are evil, wretched, rotten scoundrels who are murdering their children and worshiping all these false gods and, you know, practicing the, the most horrible, vile sacrifices you can imagine. You're going to go in there and clean these people out. They've had their chance. They, they've hardened their hearts. They're not going to listen. They're not going to listen. Go clean these people out. You know, and then you're going to take this land and you're going to be my people and yeah. you're going to be a light to show all these people. Yeah. And what do they do instead? Let's find out what Let's they do instead, okay. because the hits keep on rolling. Yeah. Well, uh, go ahead and read number is, uh, 16 for me. Korah, son of Izar, the son of Korath and son of Levi, certain Reubenites, Dathan and Ibram, uh, sons of Eliab and, and On, son of Peleth, became ins insolent and rose up against Moses. With them were 250 Israelite men well-known community leaders who had been appointed members of the council. They came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far. You have gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? Now, don't you know, 
Moses, Aaron, you two knuckleheads, y'all ain't nobody. We're all just as good as y'all. We're all holy just like you are. Oh, my gosh. Have they lost their mind? <laughs> look, look at what, When Moses heard this, he fell face down. Then he said to Korah and all his followers, In the morning, the Lord will show who belongs to him and who is holy. And he will have that person come near him. The man he chooses, he will cause to come near him. You, Korah, and all your followers are to do this. Take censers, and tomorrow put burning coals and incense in them before the Lord. The man the Lord chooses will be the, the one who is holy. You, Levites, have gone too far. <laughs> Moses also said to Korah, now listen, you Levites, isn't it enough? And I like this part. Now listen, you Levites, isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the Israelite community and brought you near himself to do the work of the Lord's tabernacle and to stand before the community and minister to them? He has brought you and all your fellow Levites near him. But now you're trying to put get the priesthood too? It is against the Lord that you and all your followers have banded together. Who is Aaron that you should grumble against him? They're trying to take over. You know, I think we need to clarify this. You know, they're Levites. They're, they're a tribe of priests. But they're trying to take the priesthood. The priesthood that Aaron has been. Only Aaron was appointed as a part of as that priesthood. And he'll have the opportunity to appoint his sons and his and as they go along. Ellie, who, you know, whoever that may be, he's the one that's going to appoint them. That's what God said. You know, this is just a tribe of Levites from some other some other seed line, but they're still of that tribe of Levites. And he said, you've gone too far. You've done. They should know better. They're and the closest ones to, to the to the workings of the inner circle. You know, you know did you read the questions? I, I, I haven't yet. No, you haven't. So the deal, my questions for this week, which by the time they're watching it, it won't be the questions for that week. But yeah. um, deal with this very thing. God has given these Levites a great gift. Mm -hmm. They serve in the tabernacle they serve yeah. within within the the tent they encamp around they are the closest they are the ones who while the whole nation is are priests for this for god for yahweh god the levites are priests within priests mm -hmm. they are they're like priest priests mm -hmm. you know because they are the representatives within israel of god to the rest of israel which is it's this amazing so awesome. they should be the face of god well shouldn't they but are in a we, sense but are they, they should be absolutely the face of god yes and but think of the the great privilege that is mm -hmm. think of how awesome that is okay god has provided them with this amazing awesome gift and what do they do <laughs> with it yeah well it's not good enough. what moses said yeah, it says, uh, now listen, isn't it enough? Yeah. Isn't it enough? Yeah, isn't it enough? Not yeah. enough that you get to serve in the tabernacle? You just serve? No. But for these people, you are the face of me to these people? Isn't it's, that enough? It's not enough. And that's the point. Yeah, I know. That's the point. It's not enough. It's not enough until until Korah. It will never be enough for Korah and these rebels until they stand in the place of God. Then it'll be enough. Because this that's sounds like want. Satan. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what that's it what is. that's what Satan wanted. But Dan, members of the church do the exact same thing. I, I know. I know. God, why haven't you given me all this money? Mm. I need more money. Don't you know, God? I need more yeah. money. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. Where? Where's my yeah. money, God? Are you, are you uh, not knowing what God's plan is? You go to leadership and you make demands when you oh, have yeah. no clue what you're talking about. I've had that done to me. Dan's had it done to me. James had it done to, me, done, done to him. We have seen, we talked about last night, we talked about 
the that that only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. Mm-hmm. And he says, he says, I don't know who who took you away, Galatians. I don't know who took you away, but this didn't come from the one you learned it from. That's right. And he said, what's going to happen is you're going to bite and snap and snip and snout, and you're going to start to devour each other. And I asked the, my Are we class. we paying attention, church? And I asked the class, I said, how many of you have watched the church eat itself? And about 90% of the class raised their hand. And I and, and so we went and talked about what happened to us 30 years ago. And, and somebody asked me, I don't remember who it was. I think it was David Massey asked me, have you you've seen it? I said, I have watched Satan stand up in the middle of a worship service and t- completely take over. I've seen it happen. You know, and I and I've seen this kind of stuff. Yeah. When you have no clue what's going on, you get up and, and you and you start huffing and puffing and snorting and sneezing and and just really make a fool out of yourself when it comes to, to the people that know. I mean, think about how they look to Moses and Aaron. When Moses and Aaron have, have had a front row seat to God. I mean, they, they've been right there. I mean, God has talked to Moses and 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 they're looking at these guys and going. If you only knew, yeah. you have no clue, man. I know what's coming. I know what's coming. I know. Yeah. And, you know, and it just boggles my mind that we don't learn anything from this stuff. Paul, Paul says that we ought to be content. He says, I've learned how to be content in every situation. Yeah. I've learned how to be content when I have, and I've learned how to be content when I don't. I've learned how to, why? Because Paul trusted God. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about, what I'm talking about, whether it's on the outside of the church, like when you're a member of the church, but you're you're looking at your worldly concerns. I need to eat. I need, and especially in the economy today that we've got, right? Mm-hmm. It's not great. Inflation is destroying us, mm-hmm. you know. And it has, you know, people think, well, the inflation rate came down. Well, yeah, but the last year, you don't get that nine percent inflation. But, but back. you understand, I don't believe what they tell me. Right. I yeah. don't believe it. Yeah. Okay. They say it came down. Well. well I'm, I'm going to the grocery store. It doesn't it, look like it, me. Right. So they don't include, but that's the game they play, right? So when, when we talk about the inflation rate, it doesn't include things like the grocery store, the energy well, prices. I'm 72 so, years old, and I don't ever remember a time when I could actually look you in the face and say, I'm not sure I trust our, I don't trust our government. Well, and so we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to put all that aside, but what do you do, right? You don't trust the government. You don't, you see things getting more and more expensive. What is the temptation? The temptation is to look at God, much like the Israelites mm-hmm. have done, and go, where are you? Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, and what we need to understand is, hold on a sec. Yeah. Hold on a sec. Yeah. Jesus said, if we pursue his righteousness, the things we need will be added into us. Are we going to trust God or not? Yeah. You know, look, I've got, I've got six kids. I'm going to stay at home wife, right? My wife's stay at home mom. We don't have two incomes. This is our income. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand the temptation. I understand very well the struggle. I get it. And that's not because I'm, I'm not criticizing what I'm paid here. I'm fairly compensated here. I'm quite happy with what I make. Mm-hmm. My point is that I get the pressure. I get the push. Mm-hmm. And we've got to hold on to what I tell my wife all the time is, look, I know the finances are tight. I know. We got six kids. We got one income. We've got a new baby at home. She's not doing a lot of the side hustles she was kind of doing before mm-hmm. because we've got a baby. Yeah. And so I tell her all the time, look, don't worry about it. God's going to take care of it. That's right. God's going to take care of it. Now, And then as, it shows up. And then it does. And it's so funny to me how often things show up. And things have shown up this month. Things have shown up last month. Now, there's a level of, hey, I need to get busy. 
right? I can't, I can't just sit on my hands and say, well, you know, God's gonna, God's gonna, we're not told to be lazy. We're told to be diligent. So I need to be diligent too. I need to make sure I'm doing the things I'm doing. I need to make sure I'm taking every opportunity I can because I'm the head of the household. That's my responsibility to do Mm -hmm. that. I've got to work hard, Mm -hmm. right? So we're not saying that's bad. And, and that, and that works in kind of all aspects, all right, for you as a as just a human being, and sure. a, and a, as a parent and a father and a, and a husband, you know, I mean, what we were talking about last night, we were talking about, you know, your barbecue pit and everything. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. going to HEB this morning. As soon as we get through, I'm going to HEB, and what, the first place I'm going to go is I'm going to go look at them, and I'm going to call you and say, hey, I found one. I think might be you might work for you, and and if I don't find one, then I I'll call you. To, gonna do that. Thank huh? you. I didn't know you were going to do that. I'm going to go do that and just look at them and just see because I know what I'm looking at. You may not. I do, and so. And I can I can maybe save you a couple of hundred bucks maybe, maybe sure. but and buying one, uh, you know it just it it doesn't mean that we're not Kevin and I are not going to still go look and we're still going to build you one. Yeah, we'll be okay if you have two of them. You know you so, do, but, but you that's that's part of what you're talking about. Absolutely. So that's just and that's just one aspect sure. of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm hearing a lot of things kind of for the first time. So I'm like, oh okay, see I why worry? But mm-hmm. that's only one aspect. That's when we're looking at the world. This is within. The community, right? Mm-hmm. And so not only do we need to trust God when it comes to physical concerns, yeah. physical provisions, because he's promised to do that. Yeah. And he's going to promise, he's already promised them that as well. well. But we also need to look at it when it comes to spiritual matters. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a member of the church here and you're sitting in the pews and you've got a problem, the time to talk about it with leadership, with with me, with one of the elders, with one of the deacons, the time to talk about it is right now. Yeah. The time to talk about it is not, look, you're not doing anybody any favors by being frustrated and upset with something. You see something you don't like, you see something that's upsetting, you see something that's frustrating, you're not doing anybody any favors by pushing that down. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'll just let it go. No, you're not. I, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience. You're not going to let it go. Yeah. It's going to eat at you. Because mm-hmm. every time you see that thing, it's going to bother you. Yeah. So come talk to somebody about it. Come talk to somebody about it. And I'll tell you honestly, I've had I've had I've had people come and tell me it's too dang cold in the auditorium. It's too dang cold. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, well, you know, we'll we'll look at the temperature and everything. And I go and I look at the thermostats and they're set to 72. What do you I, what do you want me to do? I can't jack that thing up to 78 because then people will be too hot. So what do I do? I go back to that person, I go, look. I'm very sorry. We've got the thermostat set at 72. That's what they're set at. So if you are cold, I want to encourage you to bring a sweater. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? Because that's the temperature that we have it set at. That's the temperature they've decided to set it at. So I can't, I can't make, you see what I'm saying though? But let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Let's deal with it. And you know, if we get enough people coming, I've had one person come and complain about how cold it is in that auditorium. But if we get 10, 15 people come and complain about how cold it is in that auditorium, okay, well maybe we do need to set it up. And I've got one person that says it's not cold enough. So you see, you see the dynamic. (laughs) So let's talk about it. We're not trying to make anybody uncomfortable. We're not trying, but this is my point. What are we working towards here as the church? Mm. I'm trying to, you know what I'm working towards? I'm, I want to maintain the unity of the spirit, the mm-hmm. bond of peace. That's what I want to do. I certainly don't want, you know, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so too cold in the auditorium. But I certainly also don't want brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so too hot in the auditorium. Yeah. So we've got to figure out how to make this work. And you might say, Cole, this is stupid stuff. It's not. For some people, sure. No. For other people, it's not. But if when you look at the text, and, and let's just take Galatians where I was at last night. Sure. You know, it says, it says you know, we have to love each other. Yeah, you know, it's this this thing works with faith working itself through love. 
you know, expressing itself through love. And I said, what, and, and of course, Robert Harvey brought up, you know, we got the grace commands to love one another. And I, so we went there. We looked at Matthew 22 and we went to First uh, John chapter 5 and First John chapter 4 and looked at those and says, this is what it means to love each other. You don't backstab. You don't backbite. You don't do this if you love each other. No. You don't do what 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 Cora and Dothan and them are doing. You don't do this. And it has nothing to do with the way you feel. No, it doesn't. And this but is, that's but but because religion so much anymore is about how people feel, that's what they've done. So now they have a problem when it doesn't feel good, well it must not be good. Lee, get over to 1 Corinthians 13. What is love? And and you know, we as Christians we ought to be able to define it, mm-hmm. right? If we can't define, you know, we talk about faith, we talk about grace, we talk about, but you know, when you really know something is when you can define it. Yeah. And here's the thing. We've talked a lot about, it's not for us to tell God what is good and what is evil. It's not for us to tell God what these things are. A disciple goes to God and says, God, what is Tell this? me what it is. Tell me what it is, yeah. right? Because the world says love is an emotion. It's a feeling you get. Okay. That's hogwash. If that's love, we're never going to have it in the church. No. Because guess what, Dan? We're never going to have it in the world. Some days when dealing with you, I want to pull my freaking hair out. (laughs) Sometimes people dealing with me probably want to pull their freaking hair out. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, look, I'm 34 years old. How how old are you, brother? 72. Okay. You've been around the block a time or two, haven't you? And watching me, watching me has got to be like watching like an imbecilic infant bounce (laughs) off of every wall possible like you're like i didn't even know there was a wall there and he found it right so and for me it's you know, like you it's like you do you know what i figured out huh. that 34 year olds and 35 year olds can find walls when i walk around them they're, they're gonna bump right into it like I, I'm, I didn't even realize i'm like as 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 a matter of course stepping over this wall and and there he goes bam hits it right it's right into it it's like i i, I forgot that was even there it's like a puppy trying to go outside and at the same through a glass door it's, it's, and for me, it's like, you know, it's like, hey, can we do this thing? And I'm like, push a button. It's done. What do you, it's not a big deal. The, the problem so, with these guys, Cole, is these were leaders. Yeah. These weren't, and they led 250 people. They're going to lead them, maybe more than that, to their death. And this is why it's so important that we all remember who we are actually responsible to yeah. and who is actually calling the shots. Lee, you've got 1 Corinthians 13 up. Okay, let's look at what God says love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Mm-hmm. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes, and it always perseveres. Love never fails. Nowhere in there does it say love feels good. No. In no fact, way. some of that stuff doesn't feel good. None of that. In fact, none of that stuff feels well, good. Well, I mean, when it says does, does does not dishonor others, it's not easily angered. You know, that doesn't feel good because I'm easily angered. Oh, man. Do yeah. I want to fly off the handle? Yeah. But nope, I can't. Not if I love. Yeah. Not if I love. And and I think this this definition is a work that we are involved in, in process. We're processing this as we speak. And hopefully when God comes back to get me, I'll, he will find me still striving to learn how to do this and working at it. Not just not just saying, well, I know it's in there. You might say, well, but love is kind. Okay, but let's let's talk about kindness for a second. That word means generous. Yeah, love is generous. Well, what what does that mean? Well, that means when somebody does something to you and they deserve a backhand, yeah. you're generous, and you don't give them what they truly and richly deserve. Yeah, 
It means you hold off and you're patient and you're generous, giving them what they don't deserve, yeah. giving them another chance, giving them. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to give the thief keys to your house. Yeah. That's not what that means. Yeah. But if the thief comes to you and repent, it means you have to accept him back and deal with him yeah. and help him grow so he doesn't want to steal anymore. Yeah. So that's what love is. That's <laughs> not what they're doing. No, no. What they're doing is, is they're saying, well, we know better than what God does does. We don't care what his plan is. And so Moses, and if you look at verse 12, it said, then Moses summoned Dathan and Abraham, Abiram. Hold, hold on real quick, though. Okay. One more point I want to make. Right. I know, okay. I know. don't don't lose what you're going to okay. say. Lee, turn over to Exodus 34 real quick, because I want to point something out. Okay. What is their charge been? This is how absurd this right. nonsense is, right? They come to Moses and Aaron and they go, you have gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them. The Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? That was their accusation. Mm -hmm. And I want to I want to bring in a little context. Exodus 34. Okay. Look at verse 29. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two <laughs> tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant mm -hmm. because he had spoken with the Lord. Moses, every time he goes in and speaks with the Lord, it's going to say, he takes the veil off, right? When Moses finished speaking, verse 33, to the Israelites, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with them, he removed the veil until he came out. This isn't stopped. Korah, and this is how deluded pride makes us. When we, when, when it's about us, when it's self-seeking, when it's selfishness. I never, I never thought of that before. They're going to Moses. They're who's got a veil over his face. He's shine, His face is shining out from around this veil. And they're going to Moses who's got the physical, the, I mean, they say, we're all holy. Moses is shining like the freaking sun here. And they're going to Moses saying, we're all the same. What? What? Remember Aaron and Miriam when they were, have they rebelled yet? I can't recall. They've, they've already rebelled, haven't they? Or no, they haven't yet. No, not yet. Okay. So Aaron and Miriam are going to do the same thing. And Lord's going to have to come down in person. He's going to come out of the cloud. He's going to visibly manifest to himself in person. This is the pre-incarnate Christ who manifests yep. these people. And he's going to literally look at him and go like, hello, I talked to him face to face. You see the shining face over there? Oh, you know. So these people are looking at Moses with the evidence of God all over him. And they make this accusation. Arrogance, pride, the refusal to love, the refu the 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 stubbornness of heart to maintain let that self-seeking behavior. Let me ask you, okay? Horrible. Because you know, and we'll get into this other next week, but what what can we help our listeners to how do we process this for today? How do we process it today? When you get mad, when you get upset, don't bury it, come talk to us. Okay. First of all, when we do something, because we're talking about leadership here. This is, I mean, this is a leadership passage. This, it right? is a leadership they passage. Are, they are rebelling against the God-ordained leadership. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get that when I do something, when you do something, when, 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 our, when our other elders or deacons do stuff, we don't always sit down and talk with every member about why we're no. doing it. Now, we're no. trying to do a better job communicating of what we're doing and why yeah. we're doing. But if you get upset or frustrated, I ask two things. First of all, please trust. Please believe that we are doing what we think is best to bring glory and honor to God and to serve the church. If you don't understand why we're doing something, please think that's why we're doing it. The second thing is, 
if what we're doing is upsetting or frustrating to you, please come and talk to us. Please come and talk. Do not bury it. Do not ignore it. Mm -hmm. I don't care how trivial it is. Mm -hmm. Come and talk to us. Because if you come and talk to us about it, then we're aware that it's an issue. Then we're aware. It's, you know, it's like the Bible reading plan. You know, we had, we had a, a deacon. This is a deacon who's in the eldership meeting. And he's like, I feel defeated. Yeah, we got. I got behind it. I can't. And it's like, okay, we need to. We need to change the messaging on this. Yeah, just read a verse a day. Yeah, the point was not to to sit here and say, hey, we got to read all of this. We wanted to do a yearly <laughs> Bible reading plan because we have some members who read the Bible fifty or sixty times in a year. Yeah, we have other members who don't pick it up in a year. So we're trying to say, hey, this is just a good starting place. It's a tool, and if the tool doesn't work. Don't use it. Use a different tool, mm -hmm. right? This we just want you to start looking at and interacting with the Bible on a regular basis. That's that's the whole point. And the, and the solution was pretty simple. Hey, we're going to look and see if we can find a different one that's a little easier to do, and maybe sure. it takes four years to do instead or two years, whatever. Wh whatever. And we're going to find a different one. The point is, we want you regularly interacting yeah. with the Word of God. That's yeah. the point. And yeah. however we can help you do that. Yeah. So he came and he talked to us about it. Or I mean, he kind of did and he kind of didn't, but. It was brought up, and he took the opportunity to talk yep. to us about it. My point would be, don't wait till it's brought up. Yeah, come. Well, come tell us. I think I think part of it is is I think that Moses and Aaron have have earned the trust from the people. I think they have. I think they by what they've done. All right, <laughs> but but the people have not been willing to trust them. Sorry, I, th I think about Aaron with the whole golden calf incident. Well, well yeah, I just jumped out. You know, let me, let I mean, me it's no longer that. I think, I think <laughs> that that Aaron probably since then has grown a little bit. Grown a little bit. I think Moses. Th these are not perfect men. No. Just like today in the church, the elders are not perfect men. No. Preachers are not perfect men. Not perfect. Absolutely no, not. Absolutely not. But we we're in a position to make decisions that God has given us the right to make. For the benefit of the flock. That's right. And the flock doesn't necessarily always know where the grass is greener, where the streams are, and where the where the pitfalls are. They don't know. And we don't always tell them. We just lead them or try to lead them as best we can. And 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 we have to earn trust. Yeah. And you know, sometimes uh sometimes hurting uh, uh that's sometimes uh shepherding the flock is like hurting cats. Mm -hmm. You know. And and I look at this text. And I'm thinking. I'm thinking. What what got what got skewed? I think they were. I think they were sinful for a long time, and I think Satan just used them. Yeah. And I think you find an element of that in the church today. They're going to do what they want to do, no matter what you the want. The need to be open and honest in communication is so important, and that's going to be very difficult in this culture. Mm -hmm. I've learned that the culture that we live in, that here, the locally, where mm -hmm. we are at in Texas here in Victoria, the culture locally is very passive. Mm -hmm. It's very passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. And that needs to stop. That needs to go away. That needs mm -hmm. to die. Just be honest. Mm -hmm. if, if, some, if you don't like something somebody does, tell them. Mm -hmm. If we specifically, I would say for us in this passage, leadership, if leadership is doing something you don't like, come and talk to us. You know, don't be nasty or rude about it, but yeah. say, you know, hey, guys, I look, I want to believe that you've got what's best at heart, but well, I don't understand how that works here. I know when I became an elder, uh, I don't remember how long ago it's been. And, and I remember within a week, two weeks, I felt like that somebody had painted a target on my back mm. and, and everybody got a bow and arrow. Mm. And within weeks... You know, I'd been stuck two or three times. 
and I'd been an elder for two weeks. I didn't, I didn't even know some of the stuff they were talking. I didn't know what, it, what they were talking about. I had no idea. And so I think that's, I think that's uh, blatantly unfair. And I think it's blatantly ungodly. Well, we have a, the, in our broader culture, you're absolutely right, is 100%. And we have to understand culturally where it comes from. Our American culture is the most individualistic <laughs> culture on the planet. Yeah. This is the stuff we're going to deal with. Yeah. Individualism breeds yeah. rebellion. Are there some good aspects to it? Sure. Every single person is made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Individualism really grabs onto that concept mm-hmm. that every single person matters, right? But there are some problems with it. And the problem is, well, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody thinks their way is best. Everybody thinks they're right. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is right. Not everybody. Not everybody's way is best. I've had to adapt the way I do things since I've come here. I've had to grow. I've, I've had, had to, to adapt change. since you've got here. So I mean, I've had to learn different different things. But if the goal is the edification of others, if the goal is the building up of others, if the goal is the encouragement of others, if the goal is the best for the other person, that's really what peace is. When we talk about peace, yeah. godly peace yeah. is I'm seeking the best for you. If that's the goal. Yeah then we're going to all constantly have to grow and change. Yeah. But I can't seek the best for you if every time I'm trying to do that, you're you're turning around and getting upset and getting yeah. frustrated and not yeah. talking. Yeah. And so t- to the church today, you ask the two things. Well, I think one, please trust yeah. that we are trying to do our best. Mm-hmm. And then the second is when we fall short in that or in your mind fall short in that, don't bury it. Come talk to us yeah. because we don't want this. And come talk to us in love. Don't come talk to us with a butcher knife. We, you know, this is something we don't want. We don't want these, these people are going to die. Yeah, they're going to die. They're going to pay for their rebellion and we don't want that. And the whole nation is going to rise up next. You know, so anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you, uh, I hope you got something out of this. And, and I I just, if, if you learned nothing, I talked to Georgia this morning when I was looking at this and we were sitting in the car waiting to drop off Connor and, and she, I said, there's 59 verses. She said, wow. And I said, yeah, it's probably going to take us about a month to get through this chapter. I said, I, said, I don't know if we'll get to past verse 12 or 13 today. but and, and we got to verse 12. So we'll start in verse 12 next week and and uh, hopefully carry this along. And we'll and we'll, give, we'll review a little bit about the, about the plan. What, what's so awesome about this story is God's response. Yeah. And, and for those who would say, well, the law is set in stone. This is the way it yeah. is. And, and there, it can't be changed. Well, yeah. we're... It's funny. It's funny what God does. Yeah, it is. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these stories that we can learn from. You tell us in Romans 15 that that everything that you wrote was written for our learning, that we can have hope. And I pray, Father, that uh, that this stories like this will give our audience and give us hope to know that that you are a loving, caring God, but you'll only put up with so much. And at some point uh, we have to get in line with what your plan is and not try to think that we have a plan of our own. Father, your plan is best. It always has been. It always will be. Help us to help us to follow your plan for us in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.